Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. So I hope everyone had a restful, relaxing, enjoyable weekend. You know, summertime is here, so I hope you're having time to be able to get outside, do some enjoyable things. Hopefully you find some love. I don't know. Like the bees are buzzing, the birds are chirping, uh, everybody's showing a little more skin. So I don't know. Get out there. Put yourself out there and see if you can happen to bump into love in some type of unscripted way. So I want to thank everyone who's taking the time out of their week, their morning, their day to join in on these unscripted relationship conversations, because our goal here is to have conversations that matter and more importantly, get skills and tools for forming and maintaining healthy relationships, because it's not just the feels. It's not just the initial attraction. It's what we do every day with the person that we're with that can make a long-term happy relationship. Hopefully it is in marriage for you and you're able to uh, really just do life in a way that's meaningful for you, but we have to have skills. So thank you for everyone who shared it, everyone who's reposted the clips. I really appreciate each and every one of you for doing that and just keep doing it. Keep these conversations going. So last week, yo, if you missed it, you missed a really good one. We were joined by certified coach and speaker Deborah Faith, where we talked about how social media is distracting you from true love. And so if you're wondering how social media may be impacting your view on relationships, the different information sources, how they actually make you act and respond differently in the real world, go ahead and pause this episode and go listen to that one so you can get some practical tools on how social media can just be a tool that you may use for business, connecting with others, getting new ideas, and not one that is making you have a tainted and unrealistic expectation of love. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to just start this episode. I got another great guest who's going to be joining us this week. I'm super excited. Hold on. Let me get them in here. (laughs) All right. All right. So, sir, introduce yourself. My name is James Bush. I'm a licensed professional counselor in a bunch of states, and I am your man recessionist. Glad to have you on. See, y'all, I I tried to bring on knowledgeable people, and I'm always biased. I don't know. What's funny is it didn't start off being a lot of clinicians. It was initially just people that I knew having conversations about relationships, but somewhere, I guess it was like during the pandemic, people needed some real tools like real applicable information and somehow i just started connecting with a bunch of therapists and now we just interview them because guess what therapists are real people too therapists are in relationships they get married they have kids 
They're doing we're doing life just like everybody else. So I just want to first and foremost thank you for being on the show. We get divorced too, Joe. Hey, <laughs> all of that. All of that. All of that, so, bro. Yeah. So before we get started, I want to go ahead and do some get to know you questions. Right. So the audience can get a little more acquainted with you and get to see a little bit more about you. So here's the first question. We're so much in this hustle and bustle grind culture. Everyone is always moving 100 miles an hour, trying to get to the next goal, achieve the next milestone in their life. But it is important to take time for yourself to disconnect from the world, to recharge your battery so that you can show up as the best version of you. So in other words, James, what are some things you like to do for self-care? Well, um, my self-care can be as simple as just sitting in my bed and just relaxing. I like my bed. It's very comfortable. Uh, sometimes I scroll on TikTok. And I mean, I like sports. Uh, I like skits. I like comedy. I mean, I deal with reality as a therapist and clinician all the time. And so what I like to do is I like to laugh. I like things that are funny. Some stuff is probably not PC, but mm, it's my phone and my TikTok. So that's what I'm going to listen to. On a larger scale, I like traveling. Uh, I love the beach. Uh, South Florida is probably my third home. And so I like to get a nice little place on the beach and just relax, chill out, nice beverage. And if I have the opportunity as well, I like to rent a vehicle that goes fast. So, mm. yeah. I love it. I love it. And I love how you said you do something that's not so connected to your work. Like work can be stressful enough. So do something that puts you on the opposite end of the spectrum. That's enjoyable. Yes. yes, yes. Getting out of that normal environment, getting having a break from reality, because I don't think enough people take a break from reality. Somehow, some way we guilt ourselves into continuing to do things that are somewhat closely related to our job and labeling it as productivity. So, so I like that idea of getting away, getting out of your normal environment or just staying in a place that's comfortable like your bed. So I definitely like that. So here's the second question. Who is someone that inspires you and they can be either past as in no longer here, or they can be someone living. So who inspires you? Hmm. That is a definitely a tough one because I've been inspired. So by so many individuals their their lives um autobiographies when i was younger i used to read them on um, basketball stars which would be charles barclays or the michael mm. jordans or the um actors and celebrities or man the um the at that point in time he was a general surgeon ben carson and mm. some of the quotes that he's made is saying look i could lose everything i have tomorrow but by why i know i can get it all back just like that that's powerful it's about and knowledge is powerful in that moment. So I've been inspired by so many messages and lessons and lifestyles. Because it's one of those things where I heard a long time ago, I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. And so mm -hmm. when I'm looking at people and I'm looking at their lifestyle, I'm like, okay, boom, I see perseverance. I see resilience. I see determination. I see those intangibles that you're just not talking about, but you're living and you're doing. Mm. That's powerful. Because we're not just a result of what we do we're also a result of who we're influenced by yes that's that's really important and i like to hear who influences and inspires people because it, it gives me a little bit more understanding of people yes 
like we tend to gravitate to who aligns with either where we are or where we want to be. And it's good to see where people's mind goes when you think about oh. inspiration. Oh man. It, it, it's just, it's just one of those things. Again, I had a football coach in, I think I was in fifth grade where, I mean, I came in and um, I pretty much missed a tackle. And once I got off the ground after missing a tackle, he yelled at me. He said, Bush. And I'm like, well, coach, this no excuse. No excuse. And that's something that I've lived with that I offer. And sometimes that I, I guess maybe I even project on other individuals. <laughs> no excuses. You know, I mean, you're crying. Why are you crying? You know, there are no victims in this situation. No excuse. Mm, that's good. And we're going to come back to that conversation a little later on. In the podcast, I do want to talk about that because I think those type of experiences really shape men. And right. so we'll have a talk about that later. But here's the last question. What comes to mind when you hear the word love? <sighs> love. Um, there's definitely not that old gooey, feely, touchy, and other kind of stuff that Dizzy has made popular over a large amount of time. But what I would say is that it comes about extending yourself, extending beyond yourself, seeing to the needs of another individual, um, having a level of care for them that meets their needs that is beyond what you can even comprehend at times. Um, finding that connection with them so that they can be better off in the long run. It extends to an individual. It extends to a community of, of people. Um, it's very powerful because it's very selfless in that moment. Mm. Mm. Selfless. <laughs> Definitely. Selfless. Selfless. That's one of those words that gets left out when we're talking about love. It's been replaced by another S word. Self. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that one right there. You know, I'm not Ooh. happy anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's mm. We could people. go on and on about that one, but we'll just leave it right there. I like what you said about it. And the reason I asked, I want people to get a different idea and a different perspective on what love is, because it's not that ooey gooey feeling, especially yeah. when we talk about being in relationship with your partner or your spouse. It definitely has different meaning at different times. Right. And I think if people aren't cognizant of the different forms in which way love shows up, we can be disappointed often. And frequently, if we only have the manufactured version of love, which is ooey gooey, fireworks all the time, rose colored glasses kind of thing. So, well, it's just the same way as, you know, love has a, a wide definition to it. The definition of manhood has a wide definition as well, too. It doesn't mm -hmm. show up the same as in from one person to another. And unfortunately, our society has relegated or taught men that you're supposed to look like this, when unfortunately, some of those definitions are no longer existence or mm, we don't have to do that anymore because of technological advances and where we are in our time period. So right. we have to open ourselves up to receive. Mm, mm, good stuff. And I think that's the perfect segue into our conversation that we're going to have today. And we're going to have, so first of all, you have this term manversations. Could you explain to us what that is? A manversation is not just a conversation between men. A 
manversation is a discussion. It is aid. A manversation is help. A manversation is a direction. A manversation is guidance. A manversation is those things that maybe mm, philosophically you kind of, you know, grin at, but you know what? I need that right there. Those are manversations. There are important tools that help shape, you know, the direction of manhood moving forward and men and manhood moving forward in our current times. Mm, so that's good. So me and Deborah last week had a conversation about how social media has altered the expectations of love and relationships, how it has shaped and morphed love and relationships. And one of the things I want to talk with us is that it's changed what a lot of people's view of men are when it comes to love and relationships. So Mm -hmm. my first question, James, are men in real life really as bad as what's being portrayed on social media? Is what's happening on social media like a, a, a good representation of what's happening in the real world? Yes, it is. It's a great it's a great representation. Why? Because it shows, man, that those who are uh, uploading that information potentially are lost, potentially are hurt, potentially have a lot of trauma. And the thing is, is that until we get a level of understanding and information about the individual, it's it's craziest thing. I've um done a research. Um, there was a human sexuality research that I did uh maybe earlier this year. And one of the things that I found is that men and women know so little about one another. We're just so different, so different. And because we don't understand the differences, then we don't understand sometimes how we show up in certain places with one another. The the craziest thing is, is that we know more, a lot of times more about our jobs and daily occupations than the individuals who we lay with at night. Mm -hmm. And that is just so unfortunate. So yes, on social media, you will see these depictions of, well, they're not doing this, well, she's not doing it, and all this bickering and fight. Because again, we don't know of the individuals who we're in a connected relationship. And that's unfortunate. And, and that is, and that shows a lack of awareness. Yes. And, and here's something that we talk about in couples counseling a lot is curiosity, yes. like being curious. You, we talked about selflessness, but there's a lot of selfishness, which means I'm only looking at how I benefit from relationship. Therefore, I do not look at what other people need, require, um, are, or how just they, how they are, period. Exactly. Like men are a certain way. We Women are. are a certain way. It, and it's not, it, it doesn't vary too much. Like there are things that are unique to people. Yes. But for the most part, on a large scale, men value certain things. And I, under, and I know that people don't like that. But here's the thing. In our profession, there are certain characteristics that we can attribute and st- have a, a base level understanding of to move forward with, with people that we've never met. Mm-hmm. There are certain, I don't want to say assumptions, but certain things that we could say most men who, if we're dealing with them in therapy, and they have a challenge, they're going to be concerned about a couple of areas. We know this because we study multiple men across age, race, religion, creed. Right. I would definitely definitely agree with that because it's funny when you say the the couples that we work with, a lot of men, they come in, they're complaining about the same thing. 
And it's just like, oh, okay, so this isn't, this isn't just germane to this demographic, this population. This cuts all across, man, the landscape of what men are seeing, what they're frustrated with, what they're challenged with, and what they're needing. And unfortunately, until we begin to be, make ourselves more amenable and open ourselves up to have these discussions where it's like, look, I'm not looking to be triggered. I'm not looking to argue with you. I'm looking to learn. I'm looking to grow in this moment. And I'm seeking to understand, not to be understood. Mm -hmm. Then I can have an opportunity to actually have some success of some sort within these things we call relationships. Until then, toss that, man. It's, regard it's, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And one of the things that I think social media has done a really good jo job of is putting people in boxes. And making it seem as though people's experiences, people's um, what they need, want, desire don't really matter if it goes against what you specifically want, what is comfortable for you or convenient. Right. We have, we have difficulty doing that. And like you said earlier, I want to go back to this. You said the definition of manhood is, is, is not the same for everyone. It's not. I, I, I love that. Expound on that a little bit more, because I have a question that I want to ask after you expound on that a little bit more about manhood. So, I mean, if we go back, man, to um, not even just, uh, let's say, maybe a good 100 years or whatnot. I have my grandfather from the eastern shore of Maryland or so. He worked out in the field a lot. Um, he killed cows. He uh, was a farmer. He um, basically had a truck and everything. He uh, did all those things brunt work he was out in the sun i mean it was very hot it was very uh it was brunt work is what i call it now he has a grandson his grandson sometimes sits on a couch in a nice cool air-conditioned temperate environment and he talks to people for a living or so like that now my grandfather father was considered a man's man or whatnot at times i'm considered a man's man we have two different ways and walks of life you know how we show up how we present he used his giftings and talents, and I'm using my giftings and talents or so to go and provide for my offspring, provide for my significant others, whoever it may be. Well, my significant other. What I will say in all of that is that the definition is so widespread. We just can't box you in and just saying, if you do this, then that makes you a man. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I've heard a celebrity not too long ago said that. I believe a man, I mean, you can't be a real man unless you know how to change a tire. So I said, and I challenged them on that. I said, okay, well, wait a minute. What about this? So if I change the tire, but I don't take care of my children, I don't take care of my spouse, I don't pay for my child support, I don't do all of the other things, I don't protect them when they are having medical ailments or issues or things along those lines, am I still a man? Hmm. Hmm. I'm being relegated to some sort of action as opposed to there are other things that come from me to benefit my offspring, my progeny, as well as my community. Does that make right. me a man or make me a less of a man? It's just it's one of the most ridiculous things I have. And I think one of the things, too, as being a man, especially in this day and age, is being able to have your own mind and not follow the wave or stream of consciousness of others because it sounds good. No. What do you think about that? Sometimes you will have to challenge those things. Does it make you a bad person? Does it make them bad? But it's like, I don't endorse that idea. Mm. 
Mm. So, so think about this. There have been this preset idea of how men should show up in the world mm-hmm. and also in relationship. Right. So let's transition there for a little bit. For the longest since I can remember, and even historically, it has been viewed that the man is the leader of the relationship and the family. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that role is still needed, that men should still be the ones leading relationships and their family? Or do you think that how society is going where everybody is taking on the leadership role and there is no preset leader? <laughs> how much time? <laughs> we, how much time? We, you, you, you box yourself in on that one. How much time do we have? Hey, look go, at the, go for look, it. Look go at the last 50, 50 some odd years. Look at the demographic of individuals who were basically attacked, who were targeted, who were widely incarcerated, where uh, skilled labor was taken out of high schools, where, man, they were uh, incarcerated, um, not allowed to gain skillful labor and whatever have not, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know who I'm talking about. The thing is, is that we see the impact of what was made on that group and the effect that it has had on a culture thus far. That's why leadership is important. Leadership is not necessarily saying something to the nature of that we all can do. Because guess what? Anybody can go and put their hand up and say that they are. But just because that you sign up for a position does not mean you are equipped. Does not mean that you have the bark or do you have the determination of the ferocity in your voice, man, to command thousands, to lead those. That's what I'm talking about. So we can go and we can make all these little new age nuances and these funny labels about what's supposed to happen, what can. When I go and I work at juvenile, um, juvenile court or juvenile detention, and when I see that the amount of single parents, as well as parent, I mean, two-parent households, and I see where, where the young men are, are in, at and where they're lacking, at, I say, okay. It's not necessarily saying that maybe they are missing a father, but they need some direction. They need some guidance. That's, man, the value of a man. Mm, and we don't int- have, if we don't have that bro then what do we have right right and it's so funny because with people moving away because i know there's a big movement of people who are leaving fundamental christian beliefs and right. a lot of people's reason for men leading the home was some type of spiritual or religious reason mm-hmm. for that but as we move further and further away I'm starting to notice that there is a more um, all hands on deck. Everybody has equal say Mm -hmm. in relationships. And I understand it. I get it. And at the same time, I still recognize that there is a need for someone to be able to make final decisions, make important decisions. And for someone to blame when things don't go right. That's another part of it. So think about it. I've always, so back in my early 20s, I used to be part of, um, I used to be part of a youth ministry team. And it was a lot of us, we were young and we were trying to see who the leader was going to be. And Mm -hmm. nobody wanted the responsibility of being the one to organize the meetings, keep the books, keep the records, all of that stuff. And we kept saying, hey, let's just all do it together. But the pastor took me aside and was like, hey, do you understand that if this is done by committee, then there's it's going to take twice as long to make decisions. Mm -hmm. 
And if no one is making the decision, the people you're supposed to be helping and supporting don't know which way to go. Right. They don't know which way to follow. And it really doesn't matter if it's, if it's a good decision or for that situation the wrong way. It still needs to be made. And so I, when I look at relationships, I still think it is necessary to have someone to follow. I think, unfortunately, we've gotten to this place where because you make a certain numerical dollar figure, that means you are the leader within a home. I go back to the old, the old school uh, R&B group Temptations. David Ruffins was one of the most talented singers, for those who don't know. Eddie Kendricks was one of the most talented singers. But Otis Williams was the leader of that group. He brought them together. And so sometimes you have to say to yourself, it's not about, man, how much money you make. It's not how much talented you are. It's not how much you are being seen. But it's how you can galvanize the troop and galvanize those to follow you when needed. When you are having one of life's issues, when we are having challenges within our household, challenges with our kids, when we're having um, medical illnesses, deaths in the families or whatnot, when we're looking at financial woes or whatnot, those who can galvanize the family group and lead them past that place to something greater, that's man leadership. Unfortunately, everybody doesn't possess that though. Right, right. And I'm not in favor of tyranny. I'm in favor of a system. Exactly. I believe everyone has a role and responsibility in the relationship. And I think yeah. those can be negotiated before you get into a relationship with somebody. You said roles, Joe. <laughs> well, of course. Like, I, I believe that there should be roles. There, there, someone has to take the trash out on Tuesdays and Thursdays when it can go out. Like, like someone has to be in charge of doing it. If we leave it to who feels like doing it, it may not get done. I don't have the I don't have the numbers in front of me, but what I will say is that many of us African American males or just males, period, in this country, potentially we pay, played some type of pee wee sport mm. at a very early age. So we were indoctrinated with the idea of in football, I am the left tackle or the right tackle or the defensive back or the quarterback. I had a position, I had a role, I had a job. This is what I do. If I'm not doing my job, I'm going to come sit on the sideline with coach. Period. We have been given that lesson very early on. We were taught about success. We were taught about failure. We got, we got yelled at sometimes very abrasively. You know, all types of four-letter words you're hearing at the ages mm -hmm. of five and six years old. But guess what? It was all love at the end of the day, too. Mm -hmm. We were used to that. Mm. Ooh, so let's have this because I want the ladies to be able to have a little insight into how men think. Let's stick with the football analogy. So for a lot of us, we play sports. Yes, sir. And the coach was the leader. Yes, sir. The coach made certain decisions in the game. And there were times where we were not consulted. Matter of fact, there were a lot of times we weren't consulted. Exactly. We were asked to do something without fully understanding and knowing the rhyme or reason behind it. Yes. There's a saying in football that said, man, my players would run through a brick wall for me. Exactly. Ladies don't understand that because that's not something that's used very often. But the sense of it is I trust you so much that I am willing to go in that direction, even if it doesn't seem likely or impossible or it seems impossible and I'm going to accomplish the task, not yes. down a wall. Yes. Ladies, I don't think understand that built into that is first, there's a relationship with the coach. I trust the coach. 
He's shown me that he is responsible, that he is a leader, and that because I trust him from the past, what I'm about to do now without having the understanding, I'm going to go do it anyway. Yes. I don't know if ladies understand. That's built into guys' culture, especially if you did sports. I remember there were plenty of times where a coach was like, hey, I need you to do this right now. If I would have sit there, but coach, I don't understand why the play goes and we miss an opportunity. Yes. That is something that I think a lot of men come from. Yes. But I don't know if ladies understand that aspect because of how many, like, because of how many of us play sports or did team activities where there is a leader and we follow without questioning. Yes. In a relationship, that seems... I guess for ladies to be a little uncomfortable, to be scary, to be unfamiliar, what would you say to them? Well, what I would say is that sometimes there are, there's vision that a leader has for his respective team. Sometimes the players, they catch on to the vision and they run with it. But when they don't, then that complicates the success of the team. It's a team effort. Anything beyond that or against that is we call that rebellion. And when we have rebellion within a group, the team as a whole cannot win. I'm not here to get with on ladies or anything like that because I kind of understand some of the reasons why they feel the way they feel, mm-hmm. you know, especially with some of the atrocities that have happened within our time period. And I get that we are living in a trauma response to a lot of that right, i have no right. i have no 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 work problem with saying that but what i will say is that at some point in time i want to be with that individual who can help me and those around me get to where i desire to get to and also what that entails is that's more along the lines of self-awareness of what role and to what degree do i play in this moment in this manner if I'm not fully aware or I fully um, indoctrinate with that, then I just go and I try to just jump in different seats from here mm-hmm. and there. And I'm playing with not only my own success, but the success of others. And I believe that's what we've seen in our society as of late, is that many people, they signed up for a role, but only to learn five years, 10 years, 15 years down the line that maybe that wasn't the right way. Mm. Yep, it's only in hindsight when you're able to look back, see what was that you can do better in the future. So I want to transition a little bit again. So I really enjoy family therapy. I really enjoy having everybody sitting around and we talk about the challenges and the dysfunction that the family is experiencing. Yes, sir. At some point during the conversation, there does have to be an acceptance that no matter how big or small, everybody plays a role in the dysfunction of the family. Now, Dr. Umar Johnson just recently came out on a podcast and is beginning a lot of circulation where he is challenging and saying that men are playing a role in the dysfunction of the, the gender war. Uh-huh. Do you think that men? can have manversations in a way that can allow us to take responsibility for our part and then start acting in a way 
where we can start to repair this thing because we're going to have kids in the future that are going to have to live in the world that I create, that my friend creates, that the man across the street creates. So do you think we can have manversations or conversations in a way that can bring about positive change? I do believe we can have those manversations, but what I will say is the backdrop of it is that a healing must take place within the individual and the culture. Because mm. sometimes we emote out of our healing from a negative space, from a standpoint that mm, I'm just doing this because, man, I don't want to get got any longer. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure that I go do this, 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 this. Want to know why I know that? Because I've done it. Coming out of a divorce, Oh man, I was Captain Skipper. <laughs> I did all the most that I could do. But as when I got farther from that, as I began to heal, as I had other individuals who were male as well as female speaking to my life in a positive manner, who were empath empathetic, empathetic, I'm going to say it again, empathetic, non-judgmental, who can actually, man, talk to you from a standpoint of just like a I understand what happened. I understand what you're going through, but maybe let's look at it a little bit different. Mm -hmm. That unconditional positive regard, you know, that congruence, those things are very necessary because it's like, okay, I'm not being judged. I'm being aided. I'm being helped in this manner. And so then now I can go and have those manversations with those other individuals. Why? Because I have become relatable to them. I speak on it. They know that it's coming from a loving and positive atmosphere. But until I have been received into the fold, then I have been potentially, man, cut off, blocked off, not listened to. I'm, I am inaudible to that individual. Mm. So we have to get to a space, man, where we're able to establish those connections. But unfortunately, we have too many voices that are judgmental in nature. And no frame of reference. Man, it's crazy. You brought it up. Unconditional positive regard. That's something that's a term that we use in the healing profession that they teach us very early as a way to look at our clients, regardless of how they come in, the decisions they may have made or continue to make that puts us in a frame of reference of seeing them as people who yes. can do better if they're able to get certain tools, make certain changes and make certain adjustments. Right. It's a mindset. And for men to come to other men who may have not hit the bar or whatever the bar is right right to be able to come alongside them to support them in a way that one grows camaraderie between the two of you as you're speaking but that has a a ripple effect into the people yeah. that they interact with yes exactly I, and i love those because it's part of the process it's part of the journey is that when the fact is is that you know that somebody that you come to contact with they are in the midst of their journey where you were maybe 20 years or 10 years or five years ago. And you say, okay, I understand. I know what this, this, that, that, and the third. Okay, boom. Here it is though. Here's how we can kind of look at this a tad bit different. And that is the rewarding feeling because again, there's a relatability in there. There's, uh, I'm gonna actually say it. There's a love that is shared between brothers in that moment to say, you know what? You got a point there. And then also, too, there's that, man, there's that small abrasiveness. It's like, man, how the hell did you think that was going to work? Mm. <laughs> and then y'all both can laugh at him. He's like, man, you know, I thought I was like, yeah, I know. I thought I did it, too. <laughs> and so there's that love in there. There's that interaction. There's that community in there. But right. unfortunately, 
when we don't have enough individuals who are willing to be as loving in that or transparent in that moment where we have so many different titles and we want to hide behind them that we don't want anybody to know too much. Man. Well, I don't want nobody to know that. I don't give a. I'm not. This is your anyway. I'm not. I, this is your thing. This is your Joe. I ain't going to do that on you. But the thing is, is that I'm at this point in my life where it's about bigger than me. Mm. It's about, man, our community. And it's about, mm. man, our younger brothers, as well as our older brothers, being able to get to that place where they are supposed to be in their life, honoring their values. So here we go. This is where I wanted to go next. This is, this is perfect. And we're, we're, talk, we're having a, a man-to-man conversation. There, and some, there's a trend that's happening, and it's very alarming to me. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of men who are questioning what their responsibility is in the world. So I'm of the belief that if we are going to fix this relationship dysfunction, I don't even want to call it gender war. Right. I don't want to call it gender war because people have to die in war. And I don't think people have to die when it comes to to love. So I'm going to say it's gender dysfunction. Like we're dysfunctional with each other. Right. When I believe that if we're going to solve this gender dysfunction, then it's going to take a community approach. It's going to take people who may not be dealing with certain challenges to support people who are. Yes. And among men, I'm starting to see that there's an increasing idea of I'm only needing to be responsible for myself versus I'm feeling the responsibility to the community. As long as I'm getting my money and I'm doing right by me, I don't have any responsibility to the community at large. What are your thoughts on this idea of individualism versus community in order for us to heal or to bridge this gap of this gender dysfunction that we're having? Well, the lack of self-awareness and individual, if we take it from that standpoint of individualism, the lack of self-awareness of who you are as a person and how you show up will affect your impact on the community. So the thing is, is that if I subscribe to the cultural tropes of other individuals, I am putting on shoes that don't fit me, but fit other individuals. And so when I do that, then I begin to walk their walk. But our society is crippled because they never get that gifting, that awesomeness of me. So first and foremost, I must go and find out who I am. And then as I begin to find out who I am, my values, as I become more aligned with them, then I begin to walk in power because my decision-making has become that much more efficient and effective. And then those men who are walking with me or so like that, we are able to touch. It's the simplest thing. We know about man athletics. We know about sports. We know who's running on that floor is gifted in what they're doing and who ain't. And so, but it takes you having that moment to yourself in life. It's like, you know what? This is what I do. This is what I don't do. So I'm going to walk in this role and I'm going to support this objective and this idea. And I'm going to combine and connect with those who are also in alignment with me so that we can achieve this great purpose and this great feat. But unfortunately, it goes back to us. Many of us don't know who we are, unfortunately. And we have yet to even sniff out, man, any remnants of where that is going. And that's where we fall short. We have other individuals that are going there to say, well, men are this, men are provider protectors, 
What does that actually mean in 2023 for that person? Explain that to me. And until we can do that, man, we'll be forever lost. Right. It's going to take a community effort. It's going to, listen, it's going to take men in the community supporting the kids who don't have fathers. It's going to take that. Now, you may not have to go marry their mom, but every Sunday, take them to the park, mentor. Like That's a very low entry level to supporting your community. I want to commend you and applaud you on the fathers, uh, the conference you have on Father's Day, over Father's Day weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For the Father's weekend. Yes, sir. You you didn't have to do that. Like, like you don't have to extend that out and get other men in a space to have positive opportunities to engage with each other. No, 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 Mr. Love Unscripted. I had to. It's part of my purpose. Mm. It's part of my destiny. Mm. If I don't honor them, who will? Mm. I had to do that. What resonates with me? With those things that I wake up twelve o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, or whatnot, and just saying, you know, there's a gap right here that pains me to see my brother this way, or that pains me that we're not honoring them. Man, they're doing some great work, or that pains me to sit in the barbershop and hearing the conversations that are going from a barber to man, a six-year-old kid, or whatever. Have not. It's like he needs to be honored, man. Give him his flowers right now. You know celebrate that man because so many people think that everything has to be done on a grand larger scale what i'm here to say is man i see you my other brothers we see you. we know what you're doing and we want you to continue to do the great work because a lot of times all it needs is a little encouragement it gets lonely in this world at times it gets hard in this world that's why community is so important so i had to do it ty golf we had to do it Dr. Omika McNeil, we had to do it. It's not something that, no, we had to, man. Mm, And when people understand that's what's going to start to have the ripple effect in our community, that's that's how healing happens. Exactly. It is people walking in their purpose and in their calling in a way that it it, it uplifts and allows healing for other people. Yeah. Like it, it, it may not be your plight or it may not be your area of challenge but you are important and you are needed to bridge the gap for somebody else yeah how man could you man listen i've been working with you since 2011 when i was in college yeah like i didn't i i didn't have to do it i could have just gone to college gone and got a degree and start living the high life yes but i had a calling and i had a spot for kids in the community that just needed to see positivity. Yeah. Uplifting, encouragement. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the positive things I say on the internet is what I've been saying to kids for almost a decade. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I think men need to be doing. I'm going to say it. Men need to be doing that more. Exactly. There's a lot that I feel can change when men get on the same page oh, and not wait yes. for other people to tell us what we should or shouldn't do exactly be able to do that we just got to start moving and i think that will start to impact our romantic relationship that will start to impact our marriages that'll start to impact our children and as a result it'll impact the families as a whole so i want to go ahead and transition into our last segment of the show and that's where our guest provides a simple tool or strategy for how to 
either deal with a, a certain situation that we discussed in the episode. So, mm -hmm. James, you ready for your question? Let's do it. All right. So there may be some men out there who are like, you know what? I need to start getting involved in some of these these manversations. Mm -hmm. I need to start being a part of the conversation. I need to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that men can start having these manversations in a way that positively influences and impacts their relationship? Show up in excellence. Show up in excellence, period. Become a student of you. Look at those areas in your life, your strong points and your not so strong points. You know, work on them. Seek out aid, therapy, coaching. Become better in it. A lot of us guys, guess what? When we played wide receiver, when we played running back, we had wide receiver coaches and running back coaches. Guess what? The most unpleasant point of that whole experience was film study, where you had to go and watch yourself miss a tackle, miss a block, you know, or whatever have not. But it's when we become vulnerable and we have the will and the desire to do better, then we can go and take that learned behavior, transform our community. Because now I can go and reach out to my younger brothers or man, my older brothers and let them know. It's like, guess what? You know what? Yeah, I did that too. I had troubles in it. Here's some strategies or potential tips that can help you along the way. And it becomes somewhat of a magnifying effect multiplicative effect in the sense that he hit five those five hit 20 those 20 hit a thousand those thousand hit eight thousand and so on and so forth but until the one decides to take the mandate i want to say and find out who they are and what they can do to transform not on themselves but their community who will be forever doing Cause all we need is just one. All we need is one. So do the work. And there you have it, James. Thank you for joining us this week. No problem. Appreciate you having me on, bro. Please let everybody know where they can find you on the internet and social media. Uh, you can find me on IG at just James Bush. It's just underscore James underscore Bush. You can find me at my website at justjamesbush.com for bookings uh we're gonna have we're gonna have let's have manversation pensacola uh, september the 8th and 9th man an exciting event that is are taking place over that two days we're also gonna have let's have manversation huntsville that's happening in december there are more more opportunities for men to lead the charge within the communities coming around back to school time as well as thanksgiving be on the lookout we're looking to transform a generation and transform the world at the same time. And I will have all of his information down in the show notes. So I just want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, comment, rate, subscribe. If you're in podcast land, go ahead and head over to YouTube at Love Unscripted HD, where you can see the full video for this episode. And as we wrap up, as we always say, we may not have all the answers, but we will have the conversation. I'll see y'all next time. Peace. Take care.